welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Today's show is sponsored by Ron Rubin Winery. Without their financial support, we would not be here recording today. They've come to our rescue and are sponsoring our podcast for the entire year. We encourage you to get to know them. Check out their website by visiting ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to episode 163. Today, our guest is Chris Today. He's the owner and winemaker at Today Wines, which you may have known formerly as Sonoma, Sup- Super Sonoma. Super Sonoma. Super Sonoma. my well, cheeky play on yeah, Super Tuscan Yeah, wines. exactly. Welcome, Chris. We're so glad you're here. Well, thank you for having me. Oh my God, what a way to start the morning. This is a Cabernet I'm drinking. So tell me about this. This is magical. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's a Alexander Valley Cab. I call it Project X because I'm not actually supposed to talk about where the grapes originated from, but it is a very high-end wine. Some mystery like that. Alexander Valley, a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I was given some fruit and um, we made the wine and gave most of it back, but I kept four barrels for myself. Wowza. It's delicious. Yeah. Wait till it opens up. It's only six uh, months. I was going to say, you just poured it. Yeah. No, it's been bottled only for six months. So it's, it's a baby. It's turning, but it's not what it was in barrel. My God, you can always see where it's going, yeah, though. Nice. This is really got that very rich. I get chocolate. I get mint. I get a lot going on. I'm a very deliberate winemaker. Um, I think my entire style of winemaking focuses on driving things rather than taking what comes. Yeah, it's right. A, it's a process for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's... So, so Chris showed up this morning with a collection of wines. I said, "Okay, this is. We got twenty minutes. We're going to open one bottle." So we opened the Cabernet. But tell us, like, what this is here that's lined. Oh, up. I just thought it'd be fun. I wasn't sure what we were going to do today, but that is actually a horizontal of three different Pinot vineyards from Russian River, mm-hmm. all made obviously, you know, by me. My style, fairly rich and heavy wines. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Waller, a Jenks, and an Inandoli. Yeah, I mean, if we weren't going to be doing many shows, you know, I would say, <laughs> yeah. let's open this all. Yeah, like that, but Chris that won't up, bode well later in the day. <laughs> but the best thing, uh, the best guest show up with mine, but Chris showed up with a case. <laughs> so yeah, you got to be prepared. Yeah, I was a Boy so, Scout. Yeah, no, that is awesome. And uh, so this speaks well to what you brought, the portfolio at today. And so tell us the other wines you brought. Then I want to talk about what the experience is when I come to the winery. And then let's circle back to this cab as it opens up. Sure. The, this is very rare for people. If they come to the winery, would they be able to taste this kind of a vertical? Or All right. That's a really good question. So <laughs> let me share this thought with you. One of the problems that I kind of have with going wine tasting, and I do it often, is you walk up to a bar, you sit at a table, and somebody says, here are three or four wines. You know, here's your sample. Here's your pour. Here's your taste. Whatever it is, right? A, I don't think that that necessarily is a good representation of what that winery is about. And B, in my case anyway, I'm almost always there and I'm the guy pouring the wine. So I want people to understand not only who I am, right. but why I do what I do. So that people get to be, work with you. So. And I, I, am, I will open anything for anybody who's interested. So oftentimes when you walk in, there's going to be like 20 bottles open. I don't know if you guys know this. I made just this last year, this last harvest, I think I made close to 30 wines. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Not all for me. I have clients, but um, still, it's quite a few But still, so the point is, when you come to visit you, you're going to get a very curated experience from you, the winemaker. Uh, Yes. And I think that's super important. I hope people, when they walk out of there, it's not 
necessarily about my wine. It's about wine and what wine should be for people in their daily lives. And then I love to educate people on what wine really is, because I think that's another missed opportunity. And as sort of we're in this world where alcoholic beverages are so differentiated, I can walk in and buy every kind of flavored alcohol, water, you know, there's a million yeah. brands of distilled. Right. It gives us an opportunity to, as winemakers and winery owners, to actually help people understand. And I don't mean that in a um, in a negative way, but I mean, it's, it's, wine is a, it's part of life. It's a food. It's part yeah. of, it should be part of your daily dinner, in my opinion. Right, right. Well, it's also, you know, through the eons used wine, be it ritual or community or what have you, and that it becomes part of life. And I think what's really interesting is that it's a slow beverage, right? Wine is, takes time. And that that time and the energy and the, what goes into it, it, it becomes something more than just a beverage. I, I couldn't agree more. That's exact. You're almost speaking my language. It's, it's, <laughs> no, no. it's like, oh, my gosh, who is this woman? <laughs> no, no, honestly. I mean, when yeah. people come in, I try to tell them, look, be where you are. You took time out of your day to find me and be with me. Just put your phones away and right. let's get to know one another right. over a bottle of wine. And so my tastings are definitely, I think, a little different. They're certainly different than anything I've experienced. And I go out regularly to see who's making what and visit yeah. my friends, of course. Right. Um, it's. I love the thought that, uh, you know, when I go wine tasting, I usually don't want to taste the lineup. I want to taste one thing. Like I'm going to go out today and I just need some Pinot. And so most wineries that I go to, they would have, you're going to taste their one Chardonnay, you're going to taste their one Pinot, you're going to taste. But if I could come to you and taste three Pinots, there is so much more value to me in that. Plus, if I'm not familiar, it, or for any wine drinker who really isn't all that familiar, it's how educational to be able to taste these three Pinots side by side. I mean, then you really see the difference. <laughs> well, and the other thing that I think is really, really interesting, um, as an example, two of those vineyards, the Indendoli and Jenks, are about a mile apart from each other in Russian River. One's on Old Vine School, one's on Olivet. Mm-hmm. One, they're planted in different soil, but I treat the barrel protocols exactly the same. The clones are the same. I farm them the same. So you get actually two wines right. that are identical but different, and mm -hmm. it's completely terroir-driven. Right. And that is so mind-blowing to taste. It's fun for people. Yeah, people you. love that. Absolutely. That is so cool. Well, it just goes, you know, terroir is, means something. Right, everything. You know, it is everything, and and an intentional winemaker like yourself, that's really yet yeah, is your toolbox. You're using that along with your barrel protocols, and I mean, I love that idea. But Chris, how did you become a winemaker? This is what I want to know. <laughs> well, when I was in college um, and I went to school in Hawaii, I surfed. And oh. I was I was thinking of going nice. pro, and uh, that's a whole other story. I, I could have, but I was not satisfied with sort of the direction that would take me long term. I started a company in college and I was doing fairly well and I could afford to go out and drink whatever I wanted, basically. Uh, I wasn't rich, but I was definitely doing better than most other college kids. <laughs> and so- Who were drinking? I but what, prior to that, I worked in restaurants ah. to help pay for my college. And so uh, during that time, I watched the chefs make food. I was always very, very interested. And some of the most famous chefs, I worked in some really nice restaurants. And I think they appreciated that I cared so much about what they were doing. Right. And it started off, I won't name names, but it started off with a guy actually serving me bubbles 
good bubbles. Nice. And that's, you know, your previous. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm all in. So um, anyway, it started there. And uh, <laughs> one night I was out with a very attractive young woman. And we were sitting across from the table and from one another. And I told the waiter we were at a tapas bar in Honolulu. And I'm like, you know what? I want to try a really exceptional bottle of wine. And I didn't care what the cost was. And this was mid-80s in Hawaii. And he actually brought out a bottle of Latash. And I don't know if any of you guys have had that. But um, it was a, it was definitely an experience that you don't forget. It was <laughs> well, one of those wine epiphanies. kind of an iconic wine. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, and in fact, I have a Pinot outside that if I pulled the cork, you would be thinking it was a Grand yeah. Cru for right. sure. Right. But um, my appreciation for wine started there. So flash forward, I was starting um, through the projects and the work that I was doing in Hawaii. I was offered an opportunity to start a tech firm in Seattle. So I was awesome. going from Honolulu through LA up to Seattle. And I was in a place called Westwood Village. Some of you may or may not where UCLA is. And I went to this bar, and I was sitting there rolling solo, and there were these two really cute girls at the bar. <laughs> rolling solo. <laughs> this is a true story, I swear. I love this. And, and so, so the one that I had my eye on got up out of her seat, and she went to the restroom. So I immediately stood up and sat in her seat so she'd have to kick me out. And we were, you know, she did. She kicked it's, me are out. Are people taking notes? <laughs> and, she, and we were chatting, and I asked her where she was from. And I'm telling you, you know like they say love at first sight kind yeah. of thing? So I'm chatting with her, and I said, where are you from? And she says, I'm from Sonoma County. I looked at her, and I said, when we get married, I'm going to be a winemaker. Oh, my gosh. She basically told me to pound sand. But I chased her. I chased her for like six months, even in Seattle. And so we started dating. And, um, and she didn't put a restraining order on you? Right? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. And anyway, um, we ended up getting married, and I made my first wine in 1998 when we moved from Southern California up to Sonoma County. That's uh, that amazing. So sweet. That is amazing. I, I've only heard a few of these love at first sight yeah. stories, but that is even better. And that, we're still very happily that married. I'm going yeah. to marry you and become a winemaker. Yeah. That's just that's too good. That's, I'm a pretty deliberate human being. Yeah, I'll say. Clearly. <laughs> that's fabulous. Yeah, she's awesome. She helps me run the winery. She does all the hard stuff. I do the fun stuff. <laughs> Well, I started the winery in 2003, and uh, I made my first wine in 99, wasn't very good, made my second wine in 2000, and it was really good. Um, so you can't just start making wine. Did you go to Davis and take some classes? Did you go to the I read JC? every single book out just, of Davis. No, you... but I have a background, and I taught biology and, okay. and chemistry um, when I graduated college for a year. Okay. Not that that, you know. Well, it does make a difference, yeah. Right. I had an understanding of right. chemistry already. Right. And I did read virtually, I have stacks of books from Davis. In fact, I was sitting in bed one night after I'd gotten a lot of really fat scores on like Syrahs and things, like 98 points. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I'm reading this book. And <laughs> I could so be like, that. I was. I'm, I told my wife, it was midnight. I'm, look, I'm laying in bed reading this book. And I'm like, I could be a friggin' PhD in tartaric acid <laughs> and how it, you know, right. intersects with these various chemicals. And I, and I literally threw the book. I'm just like, and I never do that. I was right. so frustrated. I'm like, I know this. I get this. I right. can do this. You know, and this is probably my sixth book in. So yeah, I've, I'm self-educated <laughs> in that respect. But there's a lot of winemakers that are self-taught. Oh they yeah, didn't definitely. go through school. But I think that 
But a lot of them interned somewhere along the way. And, you know. But that path is really a path of passion, too, because you're the one propelling yourself through your own curiosities. So what is one thing that uh, when you make wine, what's that kind of thought, you know, that like, what are you looking for? or What is the guiding philosophy when you make your wine? Well, honestly, uh, it's in the vineyard. I, you know, I, I manage and farm almost all the fruit that I make. I have my fingers in those vineyards with a ex- couple of exceptions. Um, and it's a lot of driving during pre-harvest, right? Because we're checking on things all the time and calling pick dates and that sort of thing. But, you know, you, when you do it long enough and you're in the vineyard a lot, because I'm in the vineyard a lot, you get a sense of what the fruit wants to do. And verticals are really fun for me because I love, I love how that. every vintage drives its own direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I do certainly have the barrels that I like to use and that sort of thing, but it's a variation every single year. It's not always identical. So it's an intuitive process each year where you're taking information yeah. in from the vineyard yes. in the moment. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. I never quite thought about it like that, but yeah. And you know, my winemaking styles. A little bit different than most people. I know that for sure. Um, well, this cab. Okay, so it's opening a bit. It's Tell me about this. All right. So what you perceive is a very deliberate thing. And I think if we open 10 of my bottles or 15 or 20 of my bottles, you'd see there's a thread that goes through all of them. When I drink this, I feel like my chakras are aligning. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> it just really connects. So let me let me just share with you what I do. Because it is a little bit different. First of all, when we farm our vineyards, we're farming at about two, two and a half tons per acre. If you farm properly and you focus putting the energy that the rootstock is pulling up into the remaining grapes, so it's about when you, you know, clip flowers or green drop or whatever. If you focus that phenolic energy into the grapes, that's thing one. So you're going to get better grapes. But then what we do when I bring the fruit in is we literally stomp it or crush the grapes, macerate some of them, not all. And we do what's called a saigne or a a bleed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I make a rosé, usually I just put it down the drain. But the the notion is if if the listeners can just think about a bottle of wine and just look at that bottle in your head, about 80% of that bottle is H2O or water. About 15% generally is ethanol or alcohol. And 5%, the remaining 5% are a few thousand chemicals that make up pretty much a few hundred compounds. It's either a flavonoid or a non-flavonoid. It's how you manage those chemical compounds in that alcohol solution. When I tell you you could pop 20 of my bottles and they would all taste like they'd have that thread, I drive pH, I drive acid, I drive alcohol, and I drive concentration. And by doing that, I can create wines like this all the time. It gets a little sketchy because there are, there are two types of tannins that you get from a grape, right? There's skin tannins. Those are water-soluble. But most importantly, there's seed tannins. Mm-hmm. Those are alcohol-soluble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as your alcohol level is rising in your must, you know, when we, right. we're more fermenting, the tannin extraction starts to occur. So the tricky part is you do it one of two ways to make a great wine. You do an extended maceration. Or you press early. So what I do is I bring the fruit in, process it, saigne it, concentrate it down about 40%, 30%, depending on whether it's a pinot or a cab, and start fermenting. I actually drop it down to like 48 degrees using dry ice, put it in a fully anaerobic environment, and that's when it becomes my chemistry set. Because now I can use enzymes, I can use 
all kinds of things to affect the outcome of that particular fermentation. Mm -hmm. To me, it's second nature. Some guys do this, but not many. And then the thing that really differentiates is I literally press off at like eight bricks and I go into new oak. So we finish primary fermentation in new oak. So I get off those astringent seed tannins and that's how you do this. So for this young of a wine, the tannin profile is surprising to me. Yeah. Well, it, it's hopefully it's kind of sexy and soft. Well, yes. that's what I'm yeah, saying. That's, that's what's surprising. It's, yeah. it's very young, and it's it, it tastes it drinks like a much older wine. Exactly, that's it. It drinks like a much older wine. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that in my mind. This does seem like a much and, and older people's palates. Aged they have wine. all different. Uh, Everybody likes different things. Everyone gravitates totally. to different ta- tannin profiles. But if if you're a fan of the very rounded, smooth tannin, yeah, this like, is not as, um, this is spot on. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. I was just up at a place called um, Goldeneye. Oh, yeah. In Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you couldn't make wine more differently than me. But whoever the winemaker is, I don't know her, she did a massively good job just connecting her dots across the hmm. profile of wines that I taste. I totally appreciate it. I'm like the other end of the spectrum, right? I make really big wines. Right. I think that's what makes wine endlessly interesting, that it can be same grapes, Two different people, oh, different yeah. different outcome. And that's what's fun about wine, the discovery of it all. It's time for our Fast Five. Who do we have on the line now? So my name is Julius Orth, and I work at Ectimo Winery. Excellent, Julius. And what is your Fast Five recipe? Well, I was inspired by a breakfast wine I was drinking of a Pinot Noir from Ectimo. Oh, great inspiration. I actually had a short list of recipes that I was going to use. So this one is a grilled lamb chop with a blue cheese compound butter. Oh, my my God. God. How perfect is that with Pinot? It's simple, it's quick, and it's wonderful. Those are all the things I want in my recipe. (laughs) Simple and quick for sure. And wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful helpful. So tell us how that all comes together. So basically you want to use a rack of lamb. That tends to be the leanest part of the rack of lamb. And what you do is you actually want to separate it out. So you want to cut up the individual lamb chops, strip off a lot of the fat, because a lot of the fat is what oftentimes turns people off a little with lamb, because it does tend to have a fairly strong flavor. But when Mm -hmm. you take more of the fat off, you get a slightly cleaner flavor. Cleaner and leaner. Clean off those bones so that they're easier to pick up, because you're going to want to pick up and chew on this lamb (laughs) chop when you're done. (laughs) Uh, really doesn't need any seasoning. So you take the lamb chop, you put a little olive oil on there, and you're going to sear it on a grill. So you want it on a char grill. Medium rare will take you about two minutes on each side if the grill's nice and hot. In advance, before you even start this, what you want to do is create your blue cheese compound butter. Blue cheese compound butter, very simple. You want to get your butter soft. You want to get your blue cheese crumbled and soft. Mix them together, mash them together, Roll them up into a basically a a tube shape, like a mm-hmm. little sausage, yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. a sausage shape. Roll it up in some greaseproof paper, mm-hmm. stick it back in the refrigerator. That'll keep for a while. Once your grilled lamb chop is done, all you're going to do is cut a medallion of that off, put it on the lamb just as it's coming off the grill. It's all going to melt ah, all over just it. Just the presentation like I can picture alone, it. yeah, I exactly. Can see it, yeah, I can picture it. And then take a good old sip of wine, and you're ready to 
dive into the lamb chop. Sides with the lamb chop are real easy, but that goes to more than five ingredients. So you, that's, that's okay. a whole other recipe. We'll let you cheat. What side would you? <laughs> yeah, what would you? I love to do it with a like a roasted root vegetable medley. Oh, oh yeah. It's simple because you fantastic. just do the whole thing. You've got a variety yeah. of vegetables. Yeah. You can kind of pick and choose different flavors in between bites, and it really goes well with the lamb. Grounds it together. Yeah. Awesome. So we will put the ingredients and how to make this in the show notes. And does it, do you have a special name for this? Yeah, lamb chops with blue cheese compound butter. <laughs> I thought that was going to be, or that, that's, that's how I'd like to name my files on my computer. Just okay. spell it all oh, out. So that's it's pretty clear. special. <laughs> all right, so we will we will include this recipe. Thank you so much, Julius. I it's can't wait to try this yeah. recipe. Sounds Thanks great. for calling in. I, you definitely connect with your customers. I talked to, to plenty of them who go to visit you and like they've almost all told me, oh, we joined the wine club. <laughs> we love Chris. I'm like, okay, good. It's <laughs> well, nice to hear. Yeah, it's, they were very enthusiastic. <laughs> well, it's obvious that you give them an understanding and an appreciation and that, helps them enjoy it. They all feel like they really learned something. That's what they oh, always say it, to me. I, they I, I Not only do I pull, cork, pull corks, but one of the things I love to do is taste people through the barrels. Like if they really oh, yeah. like a wine, I'm going to hear the barrels. This is actually the current vintage. Let's yeah. do some barrel tasting. Right. And, and it's it's very educational. I think it, it can it really walk is. in. Yeah. And the fact that they're tasting with you. Oh, you know, yeah. That's really, that's, that's what people huge. love. When... Are, are you open by appointment only? How does that work? Yeah, we're open by appointment only, but I'm always there. And so we get walk-ins, and if I'm there, I'll just take care of them. Yeah, I so love you, it. you're in a spot where, like Craig Kalagrosso, you mentioned him earlier, he's right kind of across the street, and Phyllis Dezunas is down the street, and um, William Allen with his two shepherds is kind of close by. So it's a nice neighborhood. You know, Beverages. If, uh, They're all my friends. Those hopefully you all really yeah, share each other's, you know, Sunday customers back and forth. Yeah. It's a good spot. Yeah. It's a, you know, Bell Road is like a little hot spot. You've mm-hmm. got cideries, you've got beer, you've got wine. Um, people could just make that a destination. Well, I think customers oh, appreciate yeah. that too. I mean, you don't want to be spending your whole time driving around, but if you find a cool spot and then visit the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Craig and I always joke, it's the walk of shame between yeah. the two. <laughs> <laughs> but we always have spit buckets and lots of water and I encourage spitting. Yeah, absolutely. When you yeah, drink that, and you taste that. that many wines, it's... Oh, yeah. You, you, yeah, and these you are big, to. big, strong reds. Yeah, you got to have some water. Dump and spit. Yeah. <laughs> so what's it going to take to get you to tell us the vineyard? I can't. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just trying. <laughs> no, he signed his NDA and he's sticking yeah. to it. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's opening up, isn't it? Yeah, it yes, sure it is. is. Just the, the nose has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's if I leave you the bottle tomorrow, you'll drink it and go, wow. But it was still only six months in bottle. And usually kind of my experience is between now and a year is when it starts to kind of come out of shock. Right. I had that wine and barrel and people were flipping out. Yeah. And it's Alexander Valley. It's not like it's a Napa wine. I mean, it's a killer Cabernet. Right. Can be done. Alexander Valley is kind of underappreciated. Totally. For Love it's the, place. the, you know, they always think Napa cab, but Alexander Valley, it's a premier cab growing region. It is. Yeah, a lot of those grapes are going to amazing wines. Yes, for sure. There are some very good wineries um, that have had their hands on fruit like this. And uh... Gosh, I thought you'd poured me so much. <laughs> I'm going to have to call Bethy Beth and Uber. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be doing the next show today. <laughs> yeah, usually not my morning cab. Oh, well. You guys like it. Oh, well, it's, it's beautiful. I'm sorry we don't have time to go through all these, but I'm definitely going to come visit the winery and I'm going to go through these with you. 
I would That'd love. That'd be fun. Okay, yeah. so people, the uh, plan is to call or go online and make a reservation. And pretty much any day of the week, as long as, you know, if there's time, there's time. And the best way is through the website? How do people reach you? Yeah, there's a talk reservation thing. Okay, on talk. So it's... Or they just call. I mean, calling's easy. It's so funny because I have... Who was it? I don't know. One of the wineries was on talking about all the ways to get a hold of them. You go online. You can email this. And then they said, or you could just, you know, pick up the phone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, be, that pick old up the school. phone. <laughs> but I want to actually spell the name today because yeah. for people listening, it's T. A D D E I today, today wines. In- I know, like I wouldn't pronounce it that way. Debbie, who I work with, has yelled at me a thousand times. Today, figure it out, girl. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm trying. <laughs> the original spelling of the name, I believe, was today O with an O on the end. Ah. But when my great great grandfather came around and sailed around and came up to the United States for whatever reason, I, I never figured this out, but I know a lot of. A lot, of a lot of people's names got loped off. Yeah. 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 Went from an O to an I. It's, that's kind of sad, but, you know, that's our country. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so, Chris, anything uh, you want people to know other than call, come, visit? I just love sharing time with people. Yeah. I, I think it's so important in the world we live in. We're going so fast. And everybody's so focused yes. on 20 different directions. Like my wife says to me all the time, just, Chris, be where you are. And I've really taken that to the winery. And, and I really hope people, when they when they come, they just... Appreciate, slow down, enjoy, communicate. Absolutely. I mean, wine's probably the greatest communication tool ever created. Yeah. And like we said before, it's time. It's time in a bottle in a way. And uh, you should take that time. Listen to you. So poetic. Ah, well, it's a little Speak. bit of this beautiful cabin and brings out the poet in me. <laughs> I, I was just sitting here thinking about your wife. Your wife. You do have a great wife. I mean, she's super cool. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Definitely. All Always right. Anything lucky. to add, Miss Beth and Beth? I guess uh, this is uh, rolling around December, so you have about a month or so. Um, if you want to get tickets to Winter Wineland, I'll mention that again. It's at wineroad.com, and we have 70 wineries participating. It's January 14th and 15th. Super fun. We're really billing it as a weekend to you know restock your wine cellar because we know you're going to drink pretty much what you have over the holidays. <laughs> so come out in January, get some more wine. Uh, we're going to give everybody a six-bottle bag when you check in so you can, you know, be incentivized to start shopping. So that's online, wineroad.com. And then, again, I want to mention okay. our... Go ahead. Uh, well, are you cutting me off? No, because I just said so you're giving everyone a six-bottle bag. I'm like, wow, you arrive and you get six bottles, but it's for shopping. Yeah, it's, it's an empty. <laughs> we're giving everybody a empty... I'm thinking, wow, that's incentive. Six-bottle bag. <laughs> just show up. We give you six Marcy, bottles. I have to. I always have to clarify I'm things like, for her. You're... you're... <laughs> All right. I, I get it. Yeah. We're giving six bottles to everybody that shows Come on them. down. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not it. Okay. So you're getting a bag to fill up. People to share that on social media with the hashtag My Wine Road Adventure. We want to see what bottles you picked What's out. In because your bag? everybody buys something different. Everybody likes something That's different. That's a great so idea. I think it should be super fun. Um, all the wineries that are participating will have some fun little photo area for you to take pictures and create your own little photo album of the weekend. So... Yeah, we're looking forward to something, you know, fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to something fun in January. And then uh, on wineroad.com again, you can go to click on Explore and then click on Insider and you can find out about our um, consumer club that we have going called Wine Road Insider, where you get uh, two-for-one tastings and 10% off wine, different shipping offers, discount on our wine events. Um, super cool program. It's $100 for a year from whenever you sign up. All the details are online, wineroad.com, explore, insider. 
And if you're a listener and you have comments about a visit you've been here or you have questions, you can always email Beth at WineRoad.com. Just like you when you said people call and they say they know your winery and you're like, wow, that's so awesome. When I have listeners that email me and said, I listened to the podcast, I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> it's a good so, feeling, isn't it's it? It's <laughs> so great. The first time I got one, I mean, I go and I meet people now. If you're in town, I'll go, you know, have a glass of wine with you. And yeah, it's just so rewarding. It is. It's a super cool feeling. So I guess that's it. That's all I have to say. All I'm right. going to finish this cab and probably we will <laughs> nap put, in the car. <laughs> we'll put a link to the Today Wines website in our show notes right. so you can contact Chris. And I highly recommend you check it out. And thank you so much, Chris. It's oh, an education guys. and the wines are beautiful. And we'll see you on the wine road. Thanks. Bye-bye.